It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. We've experienced uh, similar brands of misery over time and have both left each other's uh, home stadiums going, what was that? You know, one team uh, found a way to, to find a, a new way to, to lose. Um, look, like th- this is a, a wild time because the, the Lions beat writers normally at this time of year, as you mentioned, are preparing for a top five pick, a top seven pick, you know, going through draft mock drafts and draft logs and trying to figure out where to go. You're preparing for an NFC championship game. I know I talked to you back in the spring and summer last year, and you were one of the people that said, don't buy any of this. They're, they're just alliance rhetoric. And it's played out that way. They, they've obviously uh, won uh, 14 games now, regular season and postseason combined. When you take the big picture zoom out, look at this. Um, what is it in your mind that has been the engine and the fuel for, for this turnaround? Yeah. I mean, you know, it starts with Dan Campbell. Let's, let's go there. Right. I mean, he was the, right hire at the right time for this organization he's done a wonderful job you know cultivating talent in the on the roster and in his coaching staff you know building building that talent he's certainly a guy i mean that's part of why i think the country loves the lions right now is is because you know dan is is someone who resonates with so many people just the way that he carries himself the way he goes about business the passion that he he coaches with you know that he's not afraid to show um, you know, Brad Holmes and, and the the acquisition of talent can't be overlooked either. I mean, the Lions do have a really good roster, a young roster that should be around for a while. So you put those two things together. They got the right people when they started this rebuild. And, you know, Dan, just to be honest, like I thought they'd be good. I thought they'd win the division. I really didn't see them being, you know, 60 good minutes of football away from <laughs> making the Super Bowl this year. So they may be a little bit ahead of, you know, where I, I thought they'd be in the rebuild. But I don't think it's a surprise that they're uh, they're a pretty good team right now. And it's wild to think about, you know. And I think obviously they're they're facing a pretty steep climb uh, this weekend against the 49ers, a team that that survived its own scare. Our podcast is called "Take the North" because when Ryan Poles, our general manager here in Chicago, was hired, he vowed that the Bears were going to take the North and never give it back. That was the catchphrase coming out of his introductory press conference. Well, the Lions, for the first time in their history, won the NFC North yeah. this year, and I- I'm curious about your vibes on whether they have any intention to give it back and and i guess that is a, a roundabout way of asking how sustainable is the, the the success they have going right now well i i think it is sustainable because again of the people they have in charge you know like those two guys aren't going anywhere you know brad holmes is um he's done a really good job making the lions hit on on top draft picks and you have to do that if you're going to have a good team right you need some elite talent aiden hutchinson they were fortunate he fell on their lap Panay Sewell, maybe the best offensive lineman in the NFL, one of them, if not the best, at least. He was a number seven pick in a very talented draft when a bunch of quarterbacks went high. So they, they've hit on those guys. But they also, Amon Ross St. Brown, fourth-round pick. You know, Derek Barnes, the guy who had fourth-round pick. Um, you know, Sam Laporta, second-round pick. So made Aline McNeil, third-rounder. They, they've made good use uh, and gotten value out of – um, picks all over the draft. And, and that's really why they have such a deep roster. So I, I do think it's very sustainable. 
Now they are going to have some challenges ahead, right? Paying Jared Goff and paying St. Brown. And, you know, there, that's that's a whole different part of roster building that this this group hasn't had to deal with. So that, you know, there are some, some roadblocks or some curves that they're going to have to navigate. And I will say this too, Dan, like I thought going into the year, like, the NFC North, probably one of the weaker divisions in football. Yeah. Didn't thought the Bears would be better. Didn't know how great they would be. Vikings were going to take a step back. Packers, let's see what Jordan Love is. Well, hey, everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I thought the Bears were playing as well as anyone in the division by the end of the year. And Jordan Love certainly looks like the Packers might have a third straight pretty darn good quarterback. So um, I don't think the Lions are going anywhere, but I do think uh, there's going to be some other, you know, good teams competing for the to take the North here in the coming years. Yeah, uh, it's, it's going to be hard to take it. And you you guys obviously have it. And then it's going to be interesting to see uh, how to get it back or give it back or never give it back, whatever it, whatever it is. I, I'm curious the vibes in Detroit because this is such unfamiliar territory and it had been, you know, 30 plus years since they hosted a playoff game, right? And then you had two in the span of two weekends and, and this just – buildup of momentum and energy and belief just from a, a citywide perspective what are you experiencing there it's it's like nothing i've i've covered i mean i've i've covered you know in the world series going back to playing the cardinals in the 2000s and the pistons won the championship when they beat the lakers and and played in the, the nba finals the next year against the spurs i mean covering all those things there's nothing that that compares to to what you know the the environment that we've seen the last couple of weeks and, you know, even talking with some of the people that were around Michigan's title run this year, like, you know, it's, it's sort of, it's not like it's been ignored, but it's taken a backseat to the lions. The lions are the hottest thing going, certainly in Detroit, probably nationally. Again, there's a lot of people that just like what the lions are. They like Dan Campbell. They, I mean, it's like the Cubs in a lot of ways, right? When they won the, yeah series that they don't have a lot of enemies because they haven't beaten anyone you know <laughs> they've been running running people over for two decades and you're sick of them this is a new story they're a fun team to watch they go for it on fourth downs they run fake punts you know there's so there's there's a lot to like about this team and then when i tell you you saw it in chicago a little bit even though the bears won that game there like there's a lot of lions fans oh yeah become home games there's a lot of lions fans that will be going to san francisco for the nfc championship game this I, I had clearly never seen anything like that from the lions at soldier field i mean usually bears fans are the ones known for traveling and taking over road stadiums and it was wild uh to, to, to see that game and that presence there and just to feel that energy i think you're right about their likability i had a uh, a birthday party full of fifth graders this weekend and i couldn't believe how universal it was in their love for the lions and they were rooting you know this was early in the day on sunday they were rooting for the lions to take down the buccaneers and i think some of it is um just kind of obviously the dan campbell story resonates but that you've got these skills guys the, the jameer yeah. gibbs the sam laporta's the st browns and the way golf is playing that has made it an exciting brand of football too they're fun. And honestly, you know, Brad Holmes told me that he, he told me that he was at one point he was talking to someone that that had come in there, a national reporter or something. And he asked him, like, what, you know, kind of 
taking the temperature. Like, why, why are we so popular before the season? And and that's what they told them. Like you're a fun team. And I, I yeah. think that's a big part of it. You know, they're not winning 17 to 14 games and they're how you get there, but you know, they throw the ball around. They got a creative offensive coordinator, you know, their running backs, a, a fun guy to watch. They got two of them for that matter. You know, they, they're built to, to score some points. They blitz on defense. You know, they, this is not a passive team. Uh, I mentioned the the fourth downs, you know, the, the fake punts, like all those things I think play into it a little bit. And when you throw Dan Campbell and his personality on top of it, um, you know, that's sort of the cherry on top for a lot of people because he is like, you know, he just, there's so many people that resonate with him and his story and who he is and the passion that he speaks with. And, you know, you're this big tough guy, but yet he's not afraid to share his emotions a little bit. And uh, it's kind of how I think you, you think football people should be. And uh, so, you know, he's the Lions. It looks like they, they've hit a winner with their hires from a couple of years ago. And, and on the field, they're certainly doing really good things. So twice already you've mentioned passion when it comes to Dan Campbell. And that's yeah. obviously the operative word. My normal co-host, David Haw, earlier this week mentioned the power of passion as sort of the fuel for the Lions. I said, that's a great marketing thing. We got to get that on T-shirts. You can take that to your audience in Detroit and in Dan Campbell's face, the power of passion. And we can ride that to, to the millions. But I'm curious how he has managed to get the passion that is shown um, behind the scenes in meetings. You obviously have all the, the, the viral clips of, of the various speeches he's given and things like that to get it to translate. It's a, it's a delicate balance in terms of, of getting the passion to create buy-in and the buy-in to create results. Right. Obviously lived it firsthand to figure out how they've crossed that. Yeah, it's definitely chicken or the egg, right? Cause if you're, when you're, Three thirteen and one, you know, as the Lions were in that first season. There's a lot of people rolling their eyes at, at some of that passion, you know. And then when the wins start coming midway through year two, I think people were like, "Okay, is this real? You know, like, do we really, do we really buy into that? Is is this the right thing?" And um, yeah, he's, you know, I I, I think I've, I've said this before. The thing with Dan is that, you know, he is he is who he is and like the, what you see on TV is who he is behind closed doors and and who he is with the players and because he's so honest and real that lets everyone under him sort of be themselves too and be comfortable with their own flaws. I mean, Dan is, is very comfortable with, with his flaws, you know, with, or what some people may perceive as flaws. And I think when that happens, you know, that just allows the people under him to be the best selves they can be, if that makes sense. And when that happens and you got a group of, you know, men, all of whom are very talented, um, you know, being that way, I, I think that's what breeds success in a lot of ways. So this is, I mean, the Lions aren't, they've got a really good roster, but, you know, all these guys aren't first round picks. They're not all, you know, the top choice of, of you know, every team out there. They've, Dan's built this team in his image and, you know, in the city, the image of the city in a lot of ways. And, and you know, that's why people here have fallen in love with him so much. You, you touched on a little bit a couple minutes ago in the uh, the Brad Holmes being the the sort of supporting actor, right? Like Dan Campbell is the main character in a lot of this. Um, but Brad Holmes has obviously done a great job. I think probably um, from everyone I've talked to in Detroit over the last couple of years, the union between those two is is pretty significant. But I'm curious what, what the magic touch you see uh, in Brad is that has helped uh, push them to this level as well. Yeah, you know, Brad doesn't get enough credit because he's behind the scenes, you know, but I, I've sort of said – Dan is the, uh, sorry, my son's walking in the background here for anyone watching the video of this, you know, it's a school day or a day off of school here <laughs> in, in Detroit today for the ice. Um, the, um, you know, Dan is, is best at what I think a coach needs to be best at. And that's 
motivating players, you know, getting the best out of these, this group of very strong-willed players. And Brad is best at what I think a GM has to be best at, and that's a draft, you know. And, and again, it's it's probably easy to take a Panay Sewell, right? Yeah. Like everyone knows and sees the talent. It's easy to take an Aiden Hutchinson unless you're the Jacksonville Jaguars picking number one. And the Lions have, you know, they've they've those two have been key to everything they've done, but. It's not quite as easy to, to pick an Amon Ross St. Brown in the fourth round, even though it should be when you look back on it. It's not quite as easy to get a to to stick with a guy like an Afatu Melifanu, a late third round pick who you see a lot of talent in, but he's had a lot of injuries. And man, do we keep this roster spot for him? And and so I think the Lions have they've made a lot of the right personnel choices brad holmes and his staff have and then they've they've believed in those guys even when it seemed like man this guy hasn't done a lot and maybe it's time to give up on him they they know the talent that's there and they've decided that you know what these guys are going to help us before long and they know our system and we trust them and they trust us and so they give them chances to to succeed